Welcome to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast, where we explore how innovation is driving change around the world in our life and health ecosystem. My name is David Ferguson, and I'm your host for today. Our world is changing rapidly, and we want to come together with you to explore those changes and embrace transformation with SCORE. As one of the world's largest reinsurers, SCORE provides insurance companies with diverse and innovative solutions focused on the art and science of risk. Combining technical expertise and experience, SCORE leverages global know-how in over 80 countries focused on the life and health insurance industry. Today, my guest is Mark Farrell, Senior Lecturer Education, Actuarial Science and Risk Management at Queen's University, Belfast. Mark, you're very welcome today. Could I ask you to just give a brief introduction to yourself? Thank you very much for having me on here today. A senior Lecturer of Actuarial Science at, at Queen's University in Belfast. And I'm also the founder of an actual startup called ProActuary. So I joined Queen's University over 12 years ago after a, it was just over a decade uh, spent in industry where I, I mainly worked in, in pension consulting as an actuary. So my role at, at Queen's, it's really divided into three different aspects. You obviously have the, the teaching aspect. We're very fortunate to work with really fantastic students on our actual science degree program. You know, I obviously get to learn from them as well, which is which is great. Um, we're, we're based in a business school, so we really push the industry engagement side of things, which I particularly enjoy. For example, we you know, we, we often have guest lectures from industry come in and, and speak with the students. Perhaps they do a you know, guest workshop and, and that sort of thing. You know, I know, I know we've had guest lectures from SCORE in the past, actually, and a lot of our students actually spend their, their place with, with companies such as SCORE as well. So I really enjoy that industry engaging aspect of our program. When we really talk about innovation, people might act naturally think that we're only talking about new technology and shiny tech and gadgets, but innovation really does stretch across many different areas, including very technical roles, or what I would say are very technical roles, like the actuarial profession, which you're obviously a part of. And maybe you could uh, provide an overview of the work you're doing to prepare and help actuaries to prepare for future growth and transformation, given the way the world is changing and moving into a digital age. And that may pick up some of the things that you were just referring to there a moment ago. Yeah, absolutely, David. And you're totally right when you say that the actual profession is, is being impacted by innovation and technology. And I guess there's a, there's, you know, there's a lot of change going on, as we're seeing you know, within the profession and just generally the work that actuaries do as well. You know, we, we live in this sort of world where we have this exponential growth in data and lots of emerging technologies. And then if you think about an actuary's job, of course, given data and model building are, are core parts of an actuary's job, then actuaries are are naturally being particularly impacted by the growth of these new data sources, data science, AI, and all these other technologies which we're hearing about. Most of which, as you mentioned, are, are digital in nature. So, so that's really changing the nature uh, of our, our role as, as actuaries. And with this, this sort of increasingly uncertain and rapidly changing world, you know, that you alluded to that we're, that we're now living in, I think there's a growing recognition really of what I would say need to be I think adaptable is a really good word to describe it. Basically to always keep learning and, and to develop new skills, not just to stay still, that we really need to be adaptable to make sure that we can change with that 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 new world. And, and that's something that I try to emphasize in particular to the actuarial students I teach. Basically that the you know the types of jobs that they end up doing and how their their actuarial career progresses in terms of the, the nature of their, their future role. 
that's likely to be very different than you know the actors that have gone before them. You know, you raise an interesting point there because the profession is evolving and adapting in many different ways, and that's something I know that really resonates with you, and it's fascinating to hear your views on that. And I kind of guess yeah. I think that leads us into some of your thinking and the way that you yourself developed, and you went into you know an academic role, but you're very much focused on from the conversations we've had, you're very much focused on innovation, and the word word innovation is quite a broad term, I know, but I think that's inspired you to go in a, in a different direction. And if I look at the work that you've done through ProActuary, that's certainly something that you've aspired to, to help the profession adapt and change and take that first step towards transformation. And something you said really resonated with me and I think would resonate with our audience is that it's the first stage of a transformation and a journey and that your career doesn't have to be a narrow technical role. And I wondered if you could then maybe just as an aside to that or as an offshoot to what we've just said is to talk a little bit about how you set up ProActuary and the inspiration behind that i know you've alluded to that right at the start but you know that's that's been a huge project for you and and suzanne your wife and maybe talk us through a little bit about that as well pro actually is a it's a small startup we're, we're very small so i co-founded that with my wife suzanne who, who's not an actually i don't think i would marry an actually but uh, she's a psychologist so yeah i, I co-founded that a, a few years ago it's independent of any of the actual associations and one of the key things about pro actually is that it, it spans Globally, so we do online events specifically for actuaries, as I mentioned, and we also have a, a recently launched membership community called ProActuary Connect that we're growing at the moment. But maybe I'll talk a little bit about the virtual summit events that we've actually put on. So in September 2020, we held the Digital Actuary uh, Virtual Summit, and the focus on that three-day event was on preparing actuaries for the digital future. You know, just as you talked about the, the fact that everything's changing and everything's becoming more and more digital, so actuaries really seemed to want to know more about this. We thought it was a good sort of overarching to have. So we, we had 22 actuaries and insurance professionals across the globe sharing their views on the, the future of the actual profession and emerging areas and technologies as well. So we, we had talks on data science, AI, insure tech, which is obviously a big thing now, customer innovation, insurance digitization, yeah. and then blockchain and wearables. And the feedback we got really was that a lot of actors really got very excited about the, the event and the future of the actual profession. You know, it really opened a lot of actors' eyes to, especially younger actors, to you know the potential that actors can get involved in all these different areas. And you know, just hearing about the potential the profession has and the you know the possibilities that are out there, if you have that sort of growth mindset where you're you're happy to you know, look into these new areas and, and really think about how actors can get involved, you know, in this sort of new rapidly evolving data and technology rich digital world. So that, that was a great event that was back in September 2020, not long after everything pretty much went digital in terms of conference events. One of the things we were thinking about was that it's not just technical skills related to the digital revolution that, that actors are interested in. I think actors are also increasingly interested in developing wider skill sets beyond their traditional technical skills. And I, I guess what we would prefer to as softer skill sets, you know, you often hear these called softer skills. And I, I don't really like that word. I mean, yeah. uh, softer skill sets almost sounds like it's not as important. I prefer the word core right. skills. A lot of actors just really seemed very interested in all these skills, you know, communication, uh, negotiation or persuasion skills, leadership skills, decision-making, strategic thinking, having a growth mindset, which I mentioned previously, which is a big thing now that's, that's talked a lot about in the profession and all, all this sort of stuff. So, so we decided to put on this other three-day event in June this year, which we call the Growth Actuary Virtual Summit, which SCORE very kindly sponsored. 
Of course, we also launched a membership community called Proactively Connect, and we're, we're quite focused on that at the moment and on growing that with, with various offerings. We have courses in data science, climate change for actuaries, which of course is such a big thing at the moment, and then the core skills for actuaries, which I've mentioned. Proactuary itself, if you're interested in the background, it, it actually started off as a blog. I was actually over in the US on a, on a six-month Fulbright research scholarship back in 2017, six months, yeah, the, the last six months of 2017. And I was living in, in Phoenix at the time, uh, so I was carrying out, out research on the impact of wearable technology on insurance pricing at Arizona State University. And I remember at that time, Phoenix was being used as this AI testing field for, for autonomous vehicles, these self-driving cars. Um, because this was sort of a great city because of the sunny weather and the, the flat sort of pothole free roads. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I'd, I'd be driving around Phoenix, very different than driving around some of the towns here in Ireland, but I'd be driving around Phoenix amongst these, these autonomous vehicles. And I was carrying out this research into the quantified self and making sense of all this data that was being generated by wearable devices. And I remember marveling at the pace at which technology was advancing as you kind of alluded to there and how it was changing our lives and the impact it was having on our, our working life and again also the, the actual profession. So my thoughts at the time were, were based around the just this idea that actors are really wanting to embrace technology and just also just around the increasing need for, for growth, both, both uh, I guess professional growth and, and personal growth as well, which I think is really important and, and needed now to, to thrive in this sort of this new world. So, so I started writing a lot on that on LinkedIn and uh, blog posts and stuff. And, and then it just kind of gathered momentum really. And the, the conference events happened and this uh, learning hub now, this membership learning hub, Proactive Connect, which, which we're very excited about growing in the, the future. So yeah, no, that's, that's been a, an interesting transition into where we are now. But uh, I guess my overall motivation was, was really to create a, a global digital learning hub where actuaries from, from anywhere in the world could learn directly from you know other top actors and business professionals from across the globe. Also trying to create a global network of actors so that you know actors can basically be, be future ready with their ongoing yeah, learning yeah. and development, which I think everybody every profession is is very focused on these areas right now. But yeah, definitely the actual profession needs to be very focused on these in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, it was, it was great to be able to sponsor in June of this year, and it was a great event over three days. And you mentioned their ProActuary Connect, I think, which is the in development. So some of the skills that you talk about, you know, developing those for the actuarial community, you talk about data science and other aspects. Is membership open to non-actuaries? Is there, do you have to prove an actuarial qualification to gain access? Or is it kind of your intention that you should widen the net and attract as many different disciplines as possible? It's designed for actuaries, so I, we, at the moment we only have actuaries in there. I'm not sure if non-actuaries would, would be that interested because it's actuarial specific, but we definitely don't have a, a barrier to, to uh, allowing other people to come on board as well if, if it's of interest. You know, for example, you may have people that are potentially interested in a career change, they yeah. wonder, well, what is the actual profession all about? So it's a good way to kind of dip their toes in seeing what discussions are going on and maybe engage in some of the, the, the training courses and the videos that we have as well.
if we think specifically for a moment about life and health insurance, which we're very passionate about at SCORE, can you point to any one specific area of change and transformation that requires actuaries to think and act differently? And by that, I really mean, is it just going to be focused on the impact of wearables and the push for wellness and, and the uh, the quantified self? Or is there some other aspect within life and health insurance that uh, given your you know, you've got a great knowledge of that working in the industry as you are helping us and assisting us in the development of many different ways of thinking. Or is there any other area that you think is really key and pertinent to the profession at the moment? Yeah, I think the, the whole quantified self thing, first of all, I think that's that's really a fascinating area. And that's, that's why I got involved in the, the research side there. I'm very fortunate I can actually pick and choose which research problems I can get involved in. More generally, I think the, you know, this proliferation and adoption of wearable devices within society and this rise of this quantified self and, and, and just more generally in relation to the rise of the internet of things you think about uh, home insurance you know the internet of things is very applicable to, to home insurance but it's it's really led to the you know the, the potential and the appetite for i guess a lot more data to be made available for future actuaries working in insurance and of course we're, we're also constantly improving the tools and techniques we use to make sense of all this data, this avalanche of data that's coming our way, you know, you only, you only need to look at the, the changing nature of the Institute and Faculty of Actuaries curriculum for new trainee actuaries. That now has an element of programming incorporated quite strongly with the R programming language, for example. But yeah, in, in relation to the, the data from the quantified self, you know, we obviously do have, there are various health and life companies, as, as you well know, already integrating wearables. And yes, they, they tend to be focused on measuring steps and, and using reward based incentive programs to encourage more activity. But I, I think there's there's a lot of potential. You know, it's obviously insurance is heavily regulated, so definitely challenges out there. But I do think there's a lot of potential to go beyond this and possibly contribute to more accurate and adaptive underwriting and, and, and pricing of health-related insurance products, uh, as well as, you know, providing opportunities for extended coverage. You know, you think about uh, diabetics, for example, they might actually manage their, their risks very well and they're able to prove that and show that via you know, wearable devices. You know, for example, you, you get continuous blood glucose monitors that show that somebody is monitoring and uh, yes. you know, yeah. they're, they're keeping in control of their, their blood sugar, et cetera. So. That's interesting. Actually, you talk about the diabetics and the continuous glucose monitoring. And, you know, you see all of this coming across different diseases and conditions like hypertension and, you know, even mental health and those kind of things, people more willing to share their data, perhaps. But I'm just interested in your view there, because you've obviously got a good understanding of where the impacts could be. It's about three or four years on from when we first talked about this, and the impact of wearables and wellness and that kind of thing. Do you think, you know, three or four years on from that work, do you think anything's really changed in terms of whether people are more or, or less likely to want to share their health data to obtain life insurance. I think, you know, you alluded very nicely there to the, the diabetic. And in my case, you know, just talking about someone who has high blood pressure, it could be to their advantage to manage their condition and share that data. But do you generally think that the way that the trend is, the trends are heading in that direction, that people will be much more willing to say, well, here's my step count, here's my resting heart rate, and, you know, here's all of the activity I do, and, and can you see a proliferation of data? I think you referred to it as an avalanche of data. Do you think that will then continue? Is that where it's headed, or will there come a point when people say enough is enough? Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting space to watch, and, you know, you can see people's attitudes changing all the time. You know, I, I think the attitudes definitely have changed drastically just over the last few years, even, and, you know, in terms of, of individuals' propensity to, to share data and, and concerns around privacy in, in particular. 
you know, if you, if you think back to when Facebook first came out, I, I don't use Facebook, but I remember when it came out, you know, it seemed like there was very little concern around how your data was being used. Whereas now it almost seems like there's been a complete turnaround and a lot of people are, are very careful and, and protective and, and rightly so in my opinion, about what data they're giving away and, and how exactly that, that data is going to be used. So in that context, if you consider wearable devices and wearable data that's, that's being used in an insurance capacity, you know, there, there are some very valid concerns and considerations around potential invasion of, of privacy and giving an insurer this unique insight into some very personal aspects of your behavior. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's only natural, I think, that individuals will have concerns around you know, the potential for that data to, to be used in some way that is perhaps against their preference. You know, a, a lot of people, I think, are very put off maybe by the thought of an insurance company potentially knowing how long you've slept, you know, what your blood pressure is, what time you woke up, how far you walked to work, whether or not you were sedentary at your desk all day and all this sort of stuff. It almost seems a little bit, a little bit creepy in a lot of people's minds. So, you know, I think it's very interesting. But beyond this, I think nowadays there's, you know, there's just, there's increasing concerns that, you know, that even though you think, well, regulation's going to protect an individual, you know, an individual's data from being shared and and all that sort of stuff, but there's still risks around, you know, for example, hackers gaining access, which we hear about in the news, to individuals' personal health information, you know, so definitely a lot of concerns, but I think a lot of it comes down to transparency, David, and ethical uses of data more generally, and just making sure that individuals are, are very clear on how that data is being exactly. used and you know what what the risks are you know so so essentially they're making an informed and an educated choice about you know the data that they are giving up so then they can decide okay you know that i'm willing to make this trade you know and assuming then the insurance companies are able to to provide the policyholder with this transparency and and satisfy them that the data will be used ethically then it, you know, this, it basically comes down to the value that people see in giving up their data you know, so then they can decide whether or not they, they decide to engage with insurance products that, you know, have incorporated yeah. wearables, for example. Exactly that. And I think actually you raise an interesting point about, you know, the willingness of people to share that data. And obviously in that situation, you know, people have an informed choice. I think there is a trend actually to use some health data and some underwriting questions. So people give a little bit of information on a form and they can back that up with their data. But of course, the more that you can give to an insurer, then the more accurate I think they can be and, and the less likelihood there is to be of any problem at, at the claim stage. But it's interesting to hear your thoughts on the way things are going and, and that whole, the way people value their data versus what they really want to and don't want to share. But as we have already alluded on a couple of occasions, it's definitely uh, something I think that can be to the wider benefit of society and, you know, fulfills the whole yeah, purpose yeah. Of, of providing cover to those who need it, need it most, really. So there's really a lot of potential, I think, for the insurer to provide education to policyholders as well about their risks. So even though there are these challenges around data sensitivity, I still think there's there's immense potential for insurance companies to create this sort of win-win situation where, you know, the customer and the insurance company both gain value out of it. So yeah. challenges, but definitely a lot of value to, to extract there as well. Yeah, and challenges that aren't actually insurmountable. Moving towards the end, but uh, I just wanted to ask you, finally perhaps, to tell us a little bit about your current focus and future plans at Queensland with Proactory. You've already alluded uh, quite uh, well to at the start to some of your plans and keeping yourself very busy, but as you look into 
2022 and beyond, what's really going to be the key focus for you? And, you know, the interesting question is, where do you want to take, you know, the uh, the proactory events? Are we going to see another one in 2022 or is it going to be 2023? Perhaps you and Su- Suzanne are too tired to uh, to exhaust you at the last <laughs> event to keep going, but it'd be great to, to hear your plans in that regard for the, the next uh, year or so. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a lot of work and uh, a lot of people don't realize the work that goes into these sort of events. So you're you're completely right in, in that regard. But uh, yeah, at the moment we're, you know, as I mentioned, we, we launched our, our membership community. So uh, Proactory Connect. So we're, we're busy building that out at the moment, both on the, the tech side, but also trying to figure out, you know, the right product market fit. You know, it's, it's still an early stage product and an early stage company. So a key aspect of our business on this platform is, at the moment is structured courses and um, which are led by leading actors and, and business professionals and and right now we're in the midst of, uh, of actually launching three new courses that we've been working on over the last six months so these are courses in data science for actuaries climate change for actuaries and we we have um courses on on core skills as well that we're we're launching but uh but beyond that you know as we're a small startup our our plan is to iterate in a in some sort of direction but that as a small startup needs to be dictated by the i guess the, the community and the and the customers that we have so it's it's difficult to say exactly where we will go with the you know the the connect side of things but uh-huh. we do want to start focusing more on the, the community and the networking i think that's that's really really important at the moment we are planning on putting on another three-day large conference event it's still up for discussion so you know what theme will we'll have and the topics covered we're having a few conversations, but we also have a few ideas up our sleeve. So I guess it's just a, a matter of, of watch this space. I want to take uh, this opportunity to thank you. I look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on here today. It's you know it's been a real pleasure on my side as well.